Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we're going back in time to the early 80s when things were weird and cocaine was just starting to come out. And uh, I don't know, people were wearing big pants and slicking back their hair and catching murderers by the bucketful. And today, we're talking about the Brian De Palma film Blowout, starring uh, uh, occasionally pretty greasy looking John Travolta. I'll mm-hmm. say that. Yeah, it, it suited him. He's got kind of that greaser look to him, you know. I think it works. I, I mean, come on, he was in, he was in Greece. Mm-hmm. What do you want? Yeah. So my name is Sean Anderson, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Sound Man Steve. Sound Man Steve. Oh man, that that's like if you were like an '80s, yeah, an '80s radio host. That'd be my yeah, disc jockey cool. name. A hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, said with that, that like syrupy sweetness you just stuck on there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh man. And he's going to be spinning the tracks for you coming up right now on more movies, please. <laughs> Well, I remember too many explosions in this movie. Well, I I can't do the frequency for a tire blowout. Ah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was loud bang, whiny hiss, and uh, screechy tires. Very much so. I would have to completely concur with that. And so, if you guys don't already know what we're talking about, which we always say at the beginning, but I always like to go. <laughs> And say, well, here maybe, are your spoilers. <laughs> maybe somehow they came in uh, midway through this podcast. Well, I mean, you know what? It does, it's not really how they work, but who knows? It, it could be like a lot of people were. I start listening to a podcast. I pick up my girlfriend and then she gets in the car after I'm partially through a podcast. Mm, okay. Okay. So a little, a little reminder right at the very top of the podcast. Yeah. Because you never know. Like they might start it and then paused it because they got interrupted. That's true. That's true. Maybe they had a plumbing disaster mm. or uh, they were being tracked and stalked down by this this murderous creepy killer man and they had to pause their podcast because their life was on the line yeah i've had times where i was listening to a podcast and then i pause for whatever reason and then since mm-hmm. my cue automatically adds certain things that i've told it to to the top mm-hmm. like three weeks later i'll be like oh yeah i did get five minutes into that episode <laughs> yeah where was i what what was i listening to I, mm-hmm. who knows who knows but blowout is mm-hmm. 1981 1981 the what a golden time for movie making that was a golden time and i want to reference a lethal weapon joke because okay. this is the only opportunity i get to make this joke probably when did that one come out so that that was definitely an 80s one okay six years later 1987 yes but the joke is when Riggs is like buggy Murta, like, would you like me to drive? Uh-huh. He's like, what do you mean drive? I've been driving before you were in itch- itching in your daddy's pants. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm ready to see how you tie this one into blowout. <laughs> well, it's just like pants itching have to do with blowout. Well, the pants itching as in like, you weren't even swimming around down there before, while I was driving. Mm-hmm. It was just like, we weren't even born when this movie was out. That no, was my, that was my correlation not. right there. Okay. Yes, it was a reach. But it's not often I get to make that joke, and anybody who's offended, I'm sorry. It's not too inappropriate, but it is kind of creepy of a joke. It's the miracle of life, Stephen. Yes, but it's kind if of anybody's a, getting offended by it. It's, this, it's a little bit of a to, crude way of saying it. I, I, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But you know, it it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's just biology, and if you got a problem with it, then take a long, hard look at yourself in the mirror, man. Go take. But a anyway, blowout. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that, yeah. So blowout, 81. I, you know, I think at this point, 1980, like the first year of a decade, the 8090, whatever, I think could safely still be considered basically part of the decade that preceded it. You know, 1980 still is basically the 70s. And I think 81 yeah. still, it, it it's getting into the 80s. It's starting to figure out what it wants to be on its own, make a name for itself, mm-hmm. but it's still really heavily influenced by the 70s. It's still transitioning. And, and I, yeah. bel- I completely agree with you because, well, the music, for the party music was definitely 70s. The yeah, yeah. intense dramatic score, which always kind of felt like I was watching a 1985 pr- police procedural or something. <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons why I love it so much. Mm-hmm. It's so campy that way. Yes. But just the opening scene with the whole slasher film, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, which friend of ours would have loved that kind of film. I, you know, I think he would have loved that film and I bet he loves Blowout. So I'm a little surprised he hasn't made the, this slasher movie within this movie mm-hmm. already. I mean, maybe he kind of, everything he's done has sort of felt like that movie, just minus actual like sorority house vibes to it. Yes. With this one for a moment there, I was thinking, is this a porno? Like I, knew, I know it I, doesn't really set you up for what this movie ends up being, does it? Yes. Like I, I since we, I saw the trailer and I knew like the premise of a sound recordist mm-hmm. picks up a, a murder attempt or whatever or an actual mm-hmm. murder. So I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I saw this. I'm like, okay. They're they're in probably a post house making some figuring out sounds for whatever this film was. But I thought it was literally a porno they were figuring out sounds for because I'm like, yeah. what sorority? Yeah do girls walk around like i'm sure they walk around in their underwear at some point Mm -hmm. but most of that stuff was see-through there was rooms where people were just doing it like there was a little bit it was lingerie versus underwear (laughs) yes yeah yes what sexy college is this steve it felt like a brothel oh yeah it really did yeah an all-lady brothel Mm -hmm. it's just that one guy there (laughs) yep uh the one guy and and also the one like nerd girl who's just actually there to study for school and everybody else is like come on caitlin we're here to have fun college is for drinking and and having sex yeah walking around with our boobs out yep yep and then not noticing this big frankenstein looking bellhop (laughs) slasher these this is not a an optometrist school i'll say that these are the blindest girls in the entire world because you know one girl saw him through the window and then he's just walking through the hallways and not really trying to hide all that well. And I get, you know, the camera is his eyes. You're, yeah. you're in the first person view. So you got to see something. But it was still maybe a little too laughably obvious that he was just standing in front of everybody. Well, they acknowledge that the films that they make aren't great. Like they made five films no. in two yeah. years. I'm like, th- back then, that is a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. Um, still doesn't seem like as much as it could be. You know, you go back to like the old Hollywood studio system and they are cranking out like five films a week, man. Yeah, but it was also like more of shorts rather than these two hour, three hour things that we're getting these days. I mean, I don't know. They, they made some long ones. Studio system was crazy. But yeah. for this one, it was just one really sketchy production company. So mm-hmm. five films in two years for one production company. It's as impressive. And, and the ongoing joke throughout this film is, and it's not in the entire time, but how that one actress can't scream really bad, a real bad, like it's, it's genuinely a problem. And then like, there are so many that they try to have dub her scream that can't scream. I'm like, no, like they're, yeah. 
And it was all pretty similar. Like it wasn't just over the top. It was just like, no, it was, it was under the top. It was, it was so far under. I like, I I don't understand it. I feel like I could do a better job of that scream. I think any of our family members that we've scared in the past have probably screamed better Mm -hmm. than that. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. This was, I'm not even going to try to replicate it, but it was like the most non-scared scream you've ever heard. Somebody's coming after you with a knife and is about to murder you to death. And I think it's just like, you're saying, Oh "Oh, no. (laughs) Yep. That was, that was not any worse than what the actual scream is. What you just did. (laughs) I would say it's probably about the same. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we we need three overdubs here, one for the movie and two for us. And Mm -hmm. they do not get there until the very end of the film, which Which we'll cover it. We'll cover that because that was a little messed up. (laughs) I I, I get it, but I also a little to say the least. Yeah. (laughs) A little heavy hitter. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I, I do appreciate how, you know, for the time, for the early 80s, this felt like a pretty authentic representation of how these movies or any movie is is made you know they're mixing sound they're they're making mm-hmm. it sound as good as their money's gonna get them and they yep. got a sound mix they got a foley man uh, off to the side working on it and actually going out and recording sounds because it's not like a library well, mm-hmm. well they they did have a library but the director was like i've heard all these sounds before all these are shit get me something new man and so he's like okay i'll go well, you also have to think about how big that library was because it's not like they can yeah. share libraries from other locations. No, it's so physically constrained. It's not like people were passing hard drives around or downloading sounds from the internet. It was you you had mm-hmm. an actual physical library lining your shelves and what you didn't have there, you didn't have. Speaking of the internet, they didn't have the internet, so they're lim- they had massive limitations on the way they had to edit and find stock. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which that was one of my notes was I do not miss editing with film or cassette tapes. It was VHS for us, but still like the same premise of like the rewind pause and trying to find that perfect spot that I've dealt with in a, just a different format, but close Mm -hmm. enough to be like, oof. VHS or a mini DV, I think was my, my first recorder. Mm -hmm. I was was mostly mini DV that I had some VHS conversion in high school because like they're having us work on their archives. Mm, mm-hmm, mm. But yeah, it, it's that, still the same. What difficulty. a process. The whole like reel to reel or, you know, playing onto on a DVD or some hard drive or something Oof, it, that took a while. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't miss that at all either. It um, things became a lot easier when everything went digital. And, you know, even now you get a lot of people who say like, ah, oh, digital just isn't the same. It doesn't have the same feel or look or or the same like routine of making it actually work. And I think, yeah, you know, there, there's something to be said for preserving like actual film celluloid filmmaking, but also the work is just a hundredfold, <laughs> so much more stuff to do and much harder to make it actually happen. Whereas digital, I mean, like, like everybody always says, you can make a movie on your phone and people have, and, and it works really well. Yeah. That it definitely helps out that I, miss the focus people had and the dedication but now you can do so much more that it's just a matter of being disciplined yeah 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 and you don't it's so much cheaper too you know i mean okay oh yeah you rent so much cheaper go and rent a red camera or buy one like getting getting a real high quality digital video product like film digital film camera is going to set you back quite a lot of money it's not a cheap thing to get into 
but you can rent a camera for not a whole lot of money. And then the footage you have is right there and ready mm-hmm. to go. Don't have to send it out to a lab and, and pay for processing and just all of the materials and everything. It now is way better. Working I hope with it doesn't Jason's get messed up when it leaves your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you yeah. could totally wipe a hard drive with a strong enough magnet, but I mean, the the way those tapes went, it probably did not take a lot. No, that it was pretty much probably could have grabbed the refrigerator magnet and went to town. Probably, yeah. And it'd be so much easier to make backups of what you're working on now. You know, if you want to make a backup of a tape, you needed more tape. And then you had to move that to a completely separate location or mm-hmm. hide it up in your in your ceiling tiles, I guess. And have it in real time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Gosh, no. It's just everything took much more time there. And I guess you could say, like, if it takes more time, then you have to be more focused on it and make sure it works and there's some artistry to that but i don't know i i don't like you said i don't miss those tape those tape days i'm fine with them not existing anymore yes and what i'm also fine with is not having to deal with those barney five cops because that hospital scene so like there's the we have our main character just getting sounds Jack. jack is getting sounds yeah he picks up a what seems like a gunshot at this point. Yeah, gunshot like, could be you know a, a car tire blowing mm-hmm. out and a nail and or whatever catches a expl- a car crashing and to his credit just dives right into the water. Yeah, drops his recording equipment. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh damn! Like, d- throw d- it down. like doesn't even like try to stash it. Just drops it and runs. I'm like, yeah. Hey, you know what? That's pretty decent. And of course, did you notice the guy coming out from under the bridge? I did. I mm-hmm. did. I did notice him and. Um, I haven't seen this movie in a while. I've seen this movie before, but seeing it this time, I, the movie tricked me again, because you think the guy under the bridge is the one who shot out the tire. That's what I wrote, because I thought it was, it would make sense. And then later we find out somebody else who's getting video content or Mm -hmm. media content at the same time. Yeah. I I like the, the trick it plays on you though. You think, oh, Jack just ran by the guy who actually caused the car accident Mm -hmm. but no 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 there's there's more at play behind the scenes yeah and that shows you that he went in to help and this other guy just took off well yeah i mean the the whole thing just went to hell Mm -hmm. and the other guy you know had no idea that the car the accident would happen either he was just there to you know get some incriminating photos or video or whatever yeah Uh, well but when they get to the hospital that whole interrogation that was just annoying me like the cop questioning him going are you sure it wasn't a car backfire i'll give the cop that one like hey sure. you don't it's a fair question it's You're a fair question job. people in the heat of the moment could mistake things like this yeah. guy is works in sound so he should know but i i give the cop that one but when he's like what girl are you sure there was a girl why the fuck is he in the hospital he literally pulled a body out of the car like that one is yeah. kind of hard to mess up no <laughs> go to the room where she's in mm-hmm. and like barely awake see that i this barney fife is right this guy wouldn't know his left foot from his right and was just like are you sure you brought somebody in here are you sure you didn't kill the this this running guy uh the 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 (sighs) candidate for for office yeah uh and was just like looking for somebody to blame instead of listening to what jack was saying like i i didn't do anything i saved somebody come on yeah, And I don't think it was like Jack wanted a parade for himself. He's just like, get he, off my back. Yeah, he just wanted to do his good deed. And because like even when he talked to her and she thanked him for saving her life, 
He was like, mm-hmm. it's not a problem. Like, Hey, like there was, his attitude was, I would have done it with anybody would have done kind of thing. Like he wasn't, oh, yeah. it was like, he expected that's what you do. I mean, very, very valiant, very gallant mm-hmm. uh, of him. Yeah. He didn't go down because he's like, Oh, pretty girl. I'll, I'll save her. And then we can, we can sleep with each other or something. Well, he did no, flirt with her later, but that was after the fact. Wow. <laughs> sure. Sure. But in the moment, he's like, somebody's in trouble. I need to save them. Yep. And he finds out that somebody is dead in the, in the front seat. So you're like, oh, what are you going to do? Mm. But he can save the person in the back. Hey, good for him. Now to kind of go with a more heavier subject, a still hospital base when mm-hmm. the, was it, uh, was it the governor that was killed? Uh, I want to say it was a president actually. There was like a, was it the governor? The, uh, was, the, was, I know he was like, he was in the running to be our next president kind of thing. Like, uh, okay. Know. So maybe it was the governor and then the, the governorship was just a, a stepping stone on the way yeah. to the president. So this public official, yes, to simplify yeah. it, like his friend was there and like trying to cover up that he was not with his wife. Mm-hmm. So with that yes. scenario, 100% we know they're trying to cover up this bad thing that will look bad for the party. Just yeah. the, just it'll look bad in the news and all that. Mm-hmm. as jack when they're pitching it to you like can you keep this quiet that he was with somebody so his wife doesn't have to suffer anymore what would you do in that scenario because you know they're trying to cover it up but they're also making a yeah. a pretty strong point for the benefit of the family as well it's one of those oh yeah. you bastard you're selling this well <laughs> yeah 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 you know i would probably go with them as well like what what does it serve me or mm-hmm. anybody else to say this guy was cheating on his wife. Isn't he a terrible bastard? And he, maybe he is, you know, but it's not my place to say that. I think and, my only time, like, I agree with you that I would break, like, yeah. disturbing the family's peace of mind after they saw somebody is like, if he had raped the girl or if he was like, had killed some people and you're covering it up. Yeah. Yeah. So some bigger, some, something bigger than just infid- infidelity. Something which is big would um, but, inconvenience other people by not bringing it to light. Like this one, yeah. if the girl didn't care, well, then she was with a married man and it's done. Right. Yeah. It was, it was just affecting, uh, what was her name? Sally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was affecting the, the governor guy and the family. That yeah. was about it. It wasn't a huge circle of influence. I just, so, I, I felt kind of, little dirty when i was like i i agree with the point you're making i know it's not yeah. that's not your main reason but i see what you're selling <laughs> now you know it is kind of bending the morality of it but not into a bad place it's mm-hmm. just it's twisting it into maybe a slightly less moral place but still kind of a good okay place it's one of those you know? we want to cover this up but here's yeah. the reason why it actually is a good thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hard to disagree with and mm. you know nobody was forcing jack to do it so it wasn't like he was lying to as, anybody as far he as was we just, know <laughs> i mean yeah as far as we know but for the most part he was just not talking about it and i don't think that's deceptive mm-hmm. really you know uh, a, a case could be made either and, way and but, the girl was alive too like if she had died yeah. too then it'd be like oh we're hiding how she died from her family like it was yeah, one of those oh, yeah. We can get around this. You just have to work with us. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel great about it, but I, I not gonna, if I was in Jack's place, I, I wouldn't lose any sleep. I don't think, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, I think like yeah. maybe the first week I'd be a little yeah. turmoiled. I, I could, I could move on from it, yeah. you know, as I see that, you know, people are grieving, but at least they're not like grieving plus like, oh, our family's broken. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be like, okay, it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's, that's an interesting moral dilemma. 
But then, you know, Jack's got a bunch of other stuff to worry about. You know, he finds Sally and gets a little sweet on her, but then people are after them. And that's the rest of the movie. I don't think he's got time to think about, oh, what's the morality of of this governor situation? No, that it essentially went from here is a run of the mill sound guy getting sounds with this amazing microphone that doesn't need a windscreen. Best (laughs) shotgun microphone ever. They just they don't make them like they used to. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Apparently. But and then it it goes into essentially conspiracy theory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I'm referencing the movie too. like the movie? just running around. I, I thought so. You know, what? I just watched that movie for the first time, maybe a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And wow. Yeah, I, I would say so. Because there there are a bunch of people pulling a bunch of strings behind the scenes. Yep. And it, this is bigger than just oh, somebody accidentally ran off a road and and. There was a uh, a lady of the night with her or with with, with him. Mm-hmm. It was more no. complex. No, it was it was crazy complex. You know the the you find out later on that you know you see through television screens that are playing like news channels. They're like, oh, this election is gonna go down in a way no other election in mm-hmm. history seemingly has. You know, unless you're in some like fascist dictatorship, it's gonna be a crazy landslide in favor of McRyan, the guy who who died in the car. So you think, oh, okay. Uh, I bet that the guy, the incumbent, is getting a little worried, and and maybe he didn't himself task his aides to take care of it, but somebody took it on their uh, uh, took the initiative, maybe somebody said, picked up. We need on to subtext. Yeah, we need to make sure that this guy keeps his job. So mm-hmm. let's get some dirt on the other guy, and then it just went way south because John Lithgow is an insane person. Or his character. Uh, yes, he, he plays that role well that back then, yeah. more recently in the Dexter days. Dexter. It, it was surprising to me. My first experience with John Lithgow was maybe for a lot of people our age, Third Rock from the Sun. Ah, nope, not me. No? Oh, okay. Harry and the Hendersons. Harry, oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah, it's got to be one of those two. Mm-hmm. But I think... Both are endearing. Yeah, yeah. Both are not like <laughs> serial killer monster people. Which they went so campy on how like bad of a big guy he was. Like the lighting, his movement. All he was yeah. missing was like a trench coat and a hat to look like a Dick Tracy bad guy. Oh, I didn't dare do that. That would have been cool. The trench coat would have made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's 1981. Things things are campy. And this is a Brian De Palma film. And those are kind of campy. His killing style intrigued me because like mm. he was the strangler, but mm. then he would go and stab afterwards. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know if that has always been a part of his thing. I, I get it. It was, it was probably mostly the strangling because he liked playing with that that whatever you call it, Garrett, Garrett or whatever wire on his mm-hmm. watch. I wonder if the stabbing was, if that's really part of what he does, or if that was sort of like, I'll throw people off the track. I'll, uh, I'll make it weird, you know? Well, throwing people off the track, the strangling is pretty obvious when you check a body. Yeah. And it's like, he did it at least went to do the stabbing twice. Didn't get mm-hmm. to do the stabbing twice, but still got to kill by strangling. I'm yeah. thinking maybe it's more of a double tap. Oh, uh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that or maybe he's just what he enjoys doing. Yeah, or just like gets off and like I'm gonna mutilate this body. Yeah, kind of in the same way the Trinity Killer was like I've got my I've got my things I do. You know, mm-hmm. I have to do it this way. Yep, for it to be right. Yeah, he <sighs> was creepy. You know, John Lithgow. John Lithgow was an amazing person, and by all accounts, from what I can tell, in real life, like one of the nicest people in the entire world. Which makes me feel a lot better <laughs> when I see him like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, okay, he's just an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. It's okay. 
I if I ever see John Lithgow, I don't have to run screaming in the opposite direction. No, that I, I feel like he's probably closer to his character in How About Your Mother. Oh, that one's fuzzy in my memory. I, I, you, I don't you, recall. You finished it, I, if I'm not mistaken. No, I didn't watch the last season. Oh, but the last season. Okay. Just last season I haven't seen. Yeah. Okay, cool. Then I can say this part. It was like Bernie Stinson's dad. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's coming back to me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Just a uh, lovable goof. Am I remembering correctly? Lovable goof. And then was like a little bit of a Woodstock hippie. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All yeah. acceptable things to want to run into on the street. Oh, yeah, that's fine. You know, maybe he's smelling a little skunky, but hey, it could be worse. He's not <laughs> yeah. going to stab you in the stomach in the shape of a Liberty Bell. Liberty Bell. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I will give I will give this film that credit. This film, I, I haven't been to Philadelphia or lived there at all, but it feels like it's a real, like if you if you're a Philly person, then you would really recognize this, that city in this film. Like it would be a good representation of the city at that yeah, time it, like, oh yeah this they really got it right it definitely felt like they filmed there as much as they could yeah yeah versus yeah. like sound stages these days which hey i get it like sure. if you're doing a marvel film a lot of this stuff is <laughs> it just doesn't exist it, yeah it doesn't exist and like why yeah. spend the money when you can just green screen it i mean yeah 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 that's mm-hmm. some of those really fantastical things you just like it can't exist in real life so yeah do it on or on can a, it well, maybe. Oh, maybe we'll we'll one day live in a world where aliens are invading the planet, and we need an Iron Man to come and save us all. I had to go to the dark spot. I was just like, why can't they have like an Iron Man who just puts out fires? <laughs> oh, that'd be nice too. Yeah, I don't want I don't want my Iron Man to have like an existential "what does it all mean" crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not fun. But anyway, yeah, no, it's, it's not going to be like that. It's it's going to be like down on the streets they're filming and you don't really see any of the big old philly landmarks you're not seeing the actual liberty bell anywhere i don't think it's like here's where normal people would actually walk and work and live or in some cases uh murder people you know it's a really uh accurate representation i think of a city no i i would have to agree with that that's kind of like in a way uh i was i just popped in my head like um collateral for la i Mm, think yes that that mm-hmm. or or heat you know one we mm-hmm. did a while ago yeah. Heat was good yeah. that's with this one i want to address some of their camera angles because there were some that, oh let's talk about the the cinematography man yeah mm-hmm. oh so like you had said they were showing the news as to like how important mm-hmm. this person was that died while he's going through like his little office i get why they showed it that way like pretty much half this almost half the screen is the news to show like mm-hmm. this is the event is why it's so important and how, how it's going to affect him as he's doing his stuff it was a little bit the positioning to me was a little off it just felt forced on that one well a lot uh, what it makes this film memorable for a lot of people was its use of uh, split diopter shots mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if that moment exactly used a split diopter that one was and more what, of like a split screen that the one you're no, referring to yeah. is like in the hospital where like you see really close pl- profile yeah, of his face yeah, yeah. and then people on a different in the same room but like further away like that That's was beautiful focusing mm-hmm. yeah okay well i you know i, I don't know I, I i'd have to go back and reference that exact shot for myself was it is just the framing was a little weird for you? It was framing was a little that- weird on that one. Like I got the point. I think it's yeah. just like they've learned how to do it so much more seamlessly these days that it just felt off to me. Well, sure. I yeah. I, I think they were doing even especially at this point, even at this point still, they're doing a lot of weird experimentation with camera angles and, and oh, yeah. just framing and stuff. They so, were doing what yeah. they, they they could and 
yeah. hacking it together a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't really fault it because, again, this is 1981, so it's not going to be super polished. Oh, yeah. And I don't think a film like this, I, if it was super polished and maybe they could have made it look pristine and perfect, that shot... I don't know if it would have fit in well with the kind of grungy feel of the movie. I think it's got to kind of feel a little amateur-y almost to fit Based in. Based on the way he's like running around trying to deal with stuff, yeah, that would yeah. complement it. Because when you get something polished that's grimy, you kind of yeah. get Sin City. A little bit, which can work, but you got to really lean into the stylized mm-hmm. look and yeah. feel of it. And they're not there yet. This, that wasn't the kind of movie no, they were trying to make here. Uh, well, what? I don't know. Something maybe something like uh, some Scorsese movies would have done that a little better, like maybe Goodfellas kind of kind of style. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's the kind of movie Brian De Palma makes. I mean, he did do the first Mission Impossible movie, and that was pretty stylized I, and, and polished. But I enjoyed that one. Yeah. yeah, you you can tell that he was really learning how to make Mission Impossible with movies like this one, and these were sort of like his practice uh, grounds for. Mm-hmm something much bigger and and had you know something that had a lot more money behind it i really like that first one that's something we should cover some time because it's yeah focused a lot more on what was happening with them rather than just the fantastical tools and stunts yeah. they could do like what the which, predis- like the f- other films did <laughs> four five six yeah which are, are cool in their own right mm-hmm. but the first one really did feel like it was a lot more like tangible uh, down to earth spy craft mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, I agree. And, and then you get weird with the second one. And I don't know. The, the second, second one, I enjoyed the motorcycle shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's cool. Yeah. There's some really cool moments, but mm-hmm. story wise, oof. oof. It, it was unique. Yeah. It kind of put me into a tailspin. Like some of the times when they spun the camera here, I was just like, Oh yeah. boy. Like I get what you're saying. Uh, you're telling me like you're saying the world is out of control. But I'm feeling a little dizzy right. here. <laughs> it was a lot of camera spins. They probably didn't need to do like eight of them or however many they did. It, it, it complemented the story, but it definitely, yeah. for my body, I was just like, oh, please slow down. <laughs> no, I felt that too. I mean, it was a really good moment, mm-hmm. like story-wise, thematically, just so spot on. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slow it down a little bit or something. And then it finishes and you're like, oh, okay. God, I can breathe again. I'm not... I. These these clammy sweats can stop. I mean, it's cool. You know, at that point, like uh, Burke, you know, the crazy John Lithgow guy had erased all of his tapes. And he's like, (laughs) oh, God, everything, my entire life's work here, plus all of the the other stuff that I'm currently embroiled in is just gone. You know, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And yeah, his life is spinning out of control. Yeah. So the camera did that with him. Back then, it would take so much more effort to create that stuff, too. It's not like... Oh, yeah. oh, I have to refine this and reorganize my files. It's- no, you have to. Uh, you're never going to get what you had back. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff, it's gone. It's lost. And I don't think he had copies, which is probably a mistake on his part, you know. But who's going to expect somebody to go through, uh, unless your office caught on fire, just yeah, go through yeah, the yeah. and like zap, 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 exactly. zap. Yeah. It, I, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think Jack did. So, yeah, to see like years and years and years of work just gone in basically an instant <laughs> that would be horrifying that would be like you know uh you're making the next pixar movie and oh your all of your hard drives failed at once yeah you're like oh oh no we were we were 80 percent of the way there oh god we had to spend another year like five years making this or something i wonder why they don't yeah that's probably why they stopped having high rises for some of the animators <laughs> yes yeah yeah <laughs> just yeah at most two stories mm-hmm. and 
uh, you know, we're going to put planters <laughs> by the window. Yes. It's like, we're going to cushion your jump if shit goes to hell. Yeah. 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 Oof. No, that, that it was, t- it must've been terrifying because not only is all of your work gone, but it's a real like, oh shit is actually happening. Everything that you're concerned about and all mm-hmm. of this like background weirdness and these feelings that you have that, that like conspiracy theory feeling that you've got in the back of your head. It's just been confirmed. Yeah. Everything is real now. Oh no. Uh, just too much, too much. Yeah. And then, then it's like, okay, now you're racing against the clock. You're racing against a murderer. So how can you get the story out to the right people and make sure it gets there? And then, you know, uh, then it all starts falling apart around you. And, and, and Burke gets the upper hand almost. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm going to, uh, pretend to be the newspaper reporter guy, but in fact, kidnap Sally and, and try to make all of this go down the toilet. Yeah. And of course, like Jack's just kind of an innocent bystander in all of this because. He's yeah. trying, he was just minding his own business, did a good deed, trying to help people. And like, even the person he was trying to help wasn't always completely forthright with him. Yeah. Now, if he had left the hospital without seeing Sally, mm-hmm. I think maybe he would, that would have been, nothing else would have happened to him. Like, they might have followed him for a moment just to see if he says anything. But yeah, I think he probably would have been maybe. in the clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, he had to investigate, as, as any curious person would, I guess. And that just got him into, him and Sally, into a whole heap of trouble. Oh, yeah. And Although, if, again, it would have probably been okay if Burke hadn't gone rogue like he did, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, Burke didn't have, so this, this whole like, an evil puppet master behind the scenes thing, you know, did not, as we find out in a call that Burke makes to his higher ups, didn't say, oh, go and kill these people, go and murder everybody. Yeah. But Burke was like, no, I've got this, I have to kill people. So mm-hmm. if Burke hadn't have gone rogue, I think everybody would have been okay. Yeah, it would have been a lot uh, shorter, shorter movie. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I like to see a good 80s film with a, a slasher serial killer who's like, I, I'm extra crazy and I'm going to do what I want. Extra crazy. And then poor Jack has to listen to the murder as he's trying to get to her. <sighs> that was rough, man. Uh, you know, at a, at a time when you can't really have two way microphone communication. Mm hmm. Or at least with his equipment, that wasn't really possible. So he was just getting one-way transmissions, trying to catch uh, uh, Sally, who's being led along by Burke, who makes her think that he's the newspaper reporter guy. And you're like, oh, it really tense. I think it worked really well as as just this uh, huge ball of tension that was about to explode at any moment. Yeah. And it exploded in a not-so-friendly way. Oh, it really did. It's an interesting ending because... You don't really get the sad ending in a movie, in any movie, but the movie doesn't end with everybody being okay and the bad guy, I mean, the bad guy dies, but so does Sally. Mm -hmm. Sally is murdered too, and she doesn't make it out. Yeah, that it it takes some of our key players with him, and it's just not something you're used to. I think one of the few times that I think of something similar to that is Predestination, where it's just like, Uh, it wasn't exactly a happy ending even with him so many answers being provided Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's true and you know all credit to the film because it's really unusual so i'm glad that Mm -hmm. it had the the kind of the courage to do it but it's just so jarring when a film does that and you're like wait i thought i thought movies were supposed to have happy endings what the heck i think that's one of the reasons i enjoyed the film like Mm -hmm. one of the earlier when you're like "Uh uh-oh what are you saying because like i was saying let's chat about it it was more of and this is completely me and the time that the film was made 
the okay. pacing, the film told a good story, but the pacing was just so slow for me for what I'm used to now. I was having a hard time enjoying it, but that's my issue, not the film's issue. Okay. Well, now I'm a little afraid to suggest something like uh, The Conversation, which is a very kind of similar film, which was made in the 70s, I think. Well, but I still want to do that one because I think it would be so far up your alley. The title is The Conversation, so I'm prepared for that. Like this one, I think one of the things, and this is, they were early with their filmmaking on this one. Mm -hmm. I honestly thought there might be a bigger component to the sound guy using his tools in the story yeah yeah that's true that is something i wish there was more of Mm -hmm. like a little bit more of hey let's find this to find a new piece of the puzzle like yeah let's dig deep like just a little bit more of his skill set being implemented like it they they didn't just like throw in his title it actually was relevant to how it ties into the story i just thought Mm -hmm. we might get a little bit more of his skills being utilized yeah and they, they tease you a little bit with it because you get the bit at the beginning where mm-hmm. he's recording the actual event. And then later on, after uh, Manny, the, the, the photographer guy there who was capturing that event and accidentally captured uh, an assassination, yep. you know, and who was actually working with Sally, you know, to, yep. to catch these guys, um, he, you know, he publishes a bunch of photos and Jack puts the he takes pictures of them and has them printed on a film reel so he can play the film back as video aligned with his the the audio that he captured i thought that was really cool that's such like cool uh detective sound guy worksmanship that was um animated series batman recreation (laughs) yes yeah 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 that was like real nitty-gritty batman uh, detective stuff Mm -hmm. and they show you that a little bit and for me at least i'm like boom i'm sucked in again oh man this is really neat and yeah to your point i wouldn't have minded more of that that would have been neat it would not have hurt the movie at all i don't think no so Um, for me like i enjoyed the film mm -hmm. it was just slower than i'm was ready for uh, okay. All right. Well, maybe maybe <laughs> we should see about in our in our uh, episode in our show notes making like a a, a speed rating for these movies <laughs> if we've seen it before. Is this a quick paced movie or you're gonna have to like settle down well, and be ready for something that's slower? Like one of the films we've had not too long ago. What was that like? Yeah, um, about two months ago. Mm-hmm. The um, in the heat of the night. That mm-hmm. one was the way it was made was a slower storytelling, but yeah, the story moved a little bit faster. Like this one, we yeah. when Jack was figuring stuff out or they were explaining stuff to us, we really stayed in that moment for a while as mm-hmm. not real time but closer. It kind of reminds me of that editing of in the past they used to show somebody get out of the taxi, go through the lobby door, go into the elevator, exit the elevator, go into the office versus get out of the taxi cab, go in the lobby door, and then all of a sudden you're exiting into the office, like yeah. where your brain yeah. just fills in the blank. I feel like yeah. they were spelling stuff out first, which wasn't bad. It was just the skill, the tools they had at the time. Uh, is it the tools they had at the time? Or is it just like, I, I feel like early filmmaker, early filmmaker, or even just, you know, things have just gotten faster. Things, based, you things know? have definitely gotten faster. I felt like this film was like when it, the, the people making it were kind of yeah. new to their craft. They were s- talented, but it kind of reminded me of like when I was first doing stuff in school but mm-hmm. way more advanced than anything i've ever done <laughs> sure uh yeah I, I i don't know where this is in brian de palma's filmography um 
I, I see where you're coming from. I don't know that I necessarily share that sentiment. I think this is like maybe some of his best work. Um, I think Mission Impossible is really great, but like this one, it's kind of a high watermark for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree with you, though. The pacing is pretty slow and measured. And a lot of the stuff that you happen is very I mean, it's a lot of it's not action on, on the screen. And I think that's what helped make um, oh, which one did you <laughs> just mention um, in the, heat of, in the, the heat of the night? Yeah, yeah. I think everything you saw, there was a lot of detective work and it was always on the screen and everybody was just going place to place and interviewing people and chasing people down. Mm. And with Blowout, it was a lot of like uh, stuff is happening behind the scenes. John Travolta is scared. It was a lot more like internal emotion where in the heat of the night was like external action and doing stuff. It was definitely like more storytelling, which isn't me complaining about it at all. Like it was just different and definitely don't watch something like this late at night so like watch it earlier in the evening <laughs> yeah. yeah now if you're feeling a little drowsy this one isn't going to help you stay awake mm-hmm. but again i i don't think that's necessarily a knock on it you just have to i think go in to a movie like this with the right expectations and yeah maybe you had expected more kind of faster paced action kind of thing the trailer made me think a little faster paced action but still like yeah. enjoyed the film mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even with the with a sick like talking about morals the, the the sick disgusting how could they do that ending yes let, let's address that because it was the perfect sound but it's just like yeah talk about a scream I, I, <laughs> what a scream as they say mm-hmm. well yeah because he gets her death scream yeah. on tape and then like they find he finally goes back to that um production that movie that he was trying to, they were forever trying to mm-hmm. find a perfect scream and he provides it to them and they're like this is perfect. Of course it's perfect. It's actually somebody screaming for their life. Yeah. It's somebody dying. Oh no. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was what an ending, but ugh, yeah, it's another gut punch. It's a gut punch. It's a, another thing that they were gutsy enough to do. And I do appreciate that they have him like when they go to replay it again, cause they're happy with it and they just want to see it. Mm-hmm. Like when they're starting to edit with it, you see him just yeah. kind of cringe and like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause he knows, he knows, mm-hmm. Oh, somebody had to die. Somebody that was really, you know, sweet on at the very least maybe falling for a little bit yeah she was murdered and now i'm using this for a real piece of shit film yeah (laughs) and oh uh, you know poor sally her memory she deserved better i think yes it's probably what he was he was feeling but to credit to this film they yet again did one more thing that most films wouldn't do because that was a little cringy yeah yeah uncomfortable Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah but it worked. I mean, I don't think this film ever positions itself as like, uh, you know, sleek, happy ending sort of film. This one's going to leave you feeling kind of hollow and empty inside. I like those because then it actually yeah. is not your cookie cutter. Oh, everybody's going to be fine at the end. Or yeah, it was kind of like Infinity War. You're uh, just like, mm-hmm. wait, did that just happen? <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody actually did die. Oh, and then it just ends. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Thanos is just sitting watching a sun a sunset and we're like. This is the the bad guy's happy ending. Oh damn! Oh yeah, like if they had yeah. um with the first Lord of the Rings movie cut mm. on Gandalf's sacrifice <laughs> and been like uh-huh. to be continued, I would have been like, Duh. what? No, <laughs> I mean it was nearly there. There was still, I mean, those are long movies, but that mm-hmm. was toward the end of that movie, so yeah. it did still kind of feel like oh god. And then you know, Baromir dies pretty shortly mm-hmm. after that. I think it was. I looked at my watch when Gandalf fell, and I was just like. There's not much left. What the fuck are they doing? I, I didn't know. I didn't know it was a trilogy back then, too. Oh, okay. So you're like, what? How could they do this? Screw you, Peter Jackson. Yeah. Oh, that was a heavy hit. Yeah. 
No, it makes for for a good conversation, though. We're at 48 minutes. This has mm-hmm. been like one of our more in-depth conversations in a while. And definitely, like I think our previous ones that have been shorter, we've covered everything we wanted. It's just this one yeah. inspired more because it was more story-based and just like artistic versus action. Yeah. Yeah, and it, t- it takes a bunch of left turns, you mm-hmm. know? It doesn't go where you expect it to. It doesn't give you that happy ending. And like, No, it does not. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> and the story has a weird structure, too. Like I wrote in my notes, you know, the whole... Everything that sets the whole rest of the movie off happens in, like, the first half hour, you know? For many other movies, I think the whole, like, kill the politician plot would be most of the movie. Yeah. But this is, like, let's get that out of the way and then get to the, like running for our lives and figuring out who the killer is and the whole conspiracy of it is the rest of the movie. And it's, I think, an unusual structure. It definitely is one of a kind. Yeah, definitely. In a lot of ways. So um, I, I'll say for myself, I I dig this movie. I would buy it again. Um, yeah, it's kind of a buy for me. That this one is definitely a strong rental for me that. Mm-hmm. If it were to go on sale, I could consider buying it. But I feel like for most people, it's worth seeing. I just don't know how oh, yeah. many people would re-see it from the, for the general public. Sure. Yeah, it would be a while. This is the second time I've seen it in like a decade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not one I'm going to watch a whole lot. But, yeah, uh, kind of like Predestination. Like that one mm-hmm. is one that you're like, hey, that was really good for a mind twist. But I'm yeah. not going to exactly do that every now, every day. <laughs> no, no, that would be a rough, that'd be a rough life. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Or I don't know if you, if you really love John Travolta, like this is the eighties were good years for Travolta. Yep. Young Travolta, hair slick back, wearing the, the, the tight white shirt, just bam. Just good to go. <laughs> or if you love creepy John Lithgow, like if you loved him in Dexter in the fourth season of Dexter, this is more of it. It'll be good for you. Oof, don't hurt my heart. Yeah, well, that was a rough season, too. That was a rough season. Thanks for reminding me that. And (laughs) thanks for... Wait, aren't you watching it again? Aren't you going to get there anyway? Yes, I am. (laughs) But it was just kind of a nice segue of me saying, thanks for listening, everybody, to this episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed this film. And in spite of me saying the slow pacing, I did enjoy the film. Like, it is a very good film. And I'm happy you added it. Not a, oh, Sean, why? No. Okay. It was one of those, next time, if anything slow paced, tell me, don't watch it at 10 o'clock at night. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe that's what we can put in the show note thing. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Watch it at this time. Mm -hmm. Like, watch it early or this one, you can watch anytime and you'll stay up until you finish. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like in two weeks... That film, I will definitely be able to watch it anytime and not worry about falling asleep. Because it's going to scare you so much and you won't want to fall asleep. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) But make sure to leave us a rating and a review. It truly does help us out and will allow us to continue to get you more of these fantastic films and conversations. Yes, please. I am Soundman Steve here with Good Samaritan. Oh, I like that. I'm glad it wasn't, you know. Uh, homicidal maniac (laughs) (laughs) yes i i wish i had thought of that because that would have been funny but you Uh, are i can't call you a homicidal maniac Mm -mm. yes it's not true listeners i've not killed anybody that we know of boom 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 god this is gonna be so incriminating i haven't done anything the worst i've done is steal candy when i was a kid see he's already admitting to starting early
Oh no! And, it's, the, it's the gateway crime. Yep, to murder. <laughs> and you guys have been listening to more movies. Please, Please. don't arrest them. That's where we end. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>